Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin, or am I? I think Linda has the day off. I don't really know. And what's so great about today's show and what's so great about live radio is that we have to deal with constant upset, anxiety, drama, you name it. Uh, we cover it here on, uh, on Powered Up Talk Radio. And I've got a great book that actually did a lot for me and I'm actually going to put it on my summer read list for my 12-year-old son because he is somebody who really can, he's got a lot of anxiety, he's got a lot of concern, he likes stability to the point, you know, certainty that he drives me bananas. And I was really excited to come across this book. The book's called The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Terms. Now, the author is Allison Carmen. And I have to tell you, this is a really pretty book. And you guys know how I get with books. Like, I like it to have a nice cover, a nice feel to it. Um, it's beautifully designed. And it actually is, to me, one of the great um, gift books uh, that are out there. And I have not been paid to promote this book, but I could see myself buying many copies and including them, funnily enough, in my little gift baskets that I give when somebody has a baby. Because the gift of maybe um, talks a lot about you know how we handle changes. And one of the big changes that we have in our lives is a lot of times like the death of a family member. We get married we get divorced, we have a child, and um, these things on top of the regular uncertainty make um, people who have trouble, like myself, I, I like things nice and neat and clean and stable, um, so when change comes around, I have a hard time with it. And so I'm really excited to bring the author on today. Allison Carmen is her name, and she's coming to us from New York, and she is a former stressed-out attorney. I love that. Allison, welcome to the show here. You know, I have to applaud you for keeping a book about such a big topic very simple. Um, because, you know, I get a lot of books in my line of work, Allison, and I was really happy that your book felt peaceful from the start. Like the cover is designed peacefully, the, the layout is designed peacefully, and you can read it in sound bites, which is really important to me because I'm, uh, you know, I'm an on-the-go mom, run, 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 and I work full-time, so it was nice for me to open up your book and, um, you know, and just have the, like, the Let Go of the Past chapter was one that I really, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's the lightness of the book, I think, 
goes with this idea of maybe. It's it's so simple, but it's so deep. It's it's so light, but it's so profound. So I was really happy to work with Penguin Random House and be able to um, present a book with this concept that people could just feel very comfortable reading and not feel weighed down and be able to read it and go out in life and experience it. Well, and, you know, that whole thing about, like, just go out in life and have experience with it, I, I I brought your book, actually, to my yoga class this morning because, you know, the girls in my class, we always talk about um, different things. Um, and one of the things was I brought up your book about the word maybe. And I said to them, you know, when, and they range in age of probably 35 to maybe 65, 70, when's the last time you used the word maybe? And one of the moms said, she goes, I only do that when I don't want to have a fight with my kid. And I just say maybe, because it maybe means I can say yes or no. And I don't, um, you know, I don't have to say no and have a fight right there. Um, and, uh, I thought about like, when was the last time I used the word maybe? And it's really fallen out of favor. I think with a lot of us, especially with like Google, you can Google everything you can, you know, if your mother loves you and says she loves you, check it out. Fact check, fact check, fact check. Are you right? Are you wrong? Yes. No, everything has to be definitive. And I couldn't remember the last time I used the word maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is that our pain comes from our need to know, and our pain comes from the fact that we think we know. If you think about it, the reason why we have anxiety and the stress in this moment is because we think we know what's going to happen tomorrow, and we project that it's going to be bad. If we don't like how it looks today, we project that things are not going to work out tomorrow. So it's so really interesting is that we think knowing is going to make us feel better, but knowing actually has a lot of the pain and the fear and the anxiety. And what maybe does is maybe is this little word that allows you to look at the rest of your life and say, wait, I don't know. And within not knowing, maybe things will be better. Maybe something I can't even expect could happen. Maybe there are new possibilities out there for me. So what's interesting is that we all want to know, but we're in pain because we want to know, or we're in pain because we think we know. So it's really interesting. This need to know is really the, the foundation of the pain, and maybe is really the liberation. Well, and I think, you know, when we talk about this need to know, you know, I, I really, um, Allison, I got to tell you, I've read your book cover to cover twice. And um, I was so excited to talk to you today because I've given, you know, this so much thought. And I think about um, how many times that we look to things for certainty when there really is no certainty. It just makes us feel better. And I, I, I was thinking about Google the other day and I was looking at the AOL mail, you know, thing where it's like got some advertisement running across it, you know, and it's like, you know, one of them was like, you know, eat this food and you'll lose your belly fat. You know, don't eat this food. It's going to give you cancer. Like don't wear this makeup. It's going to, you know, make your eyeballs burn out, you know, was all this thing and everything was said with such certainty, you know, it was, these absolutes that just scare the pants off us. Right. And, and you know what's interesting, too, is that other than love, the relationship that affects us the most in our lives is our relationship with uncertainty or certainty. Because what happens is we base every action on that. And if we're not able to allow ourselves not to know, we're always going to pull, pull the same card from the deck. We're always going to pick that relationship that looks the safest, the job that's the most secure. We're going to make sure our child um, goes for soccer because that those are the people who get the scholarships. We're always going to pick this path, and this path might not be best for us. 
And then we end up living these lives where we're not getting the most out of it. We're not pursuing our passions. We're not pursuing our goals because we just want to know. And it actually becomes the most limiting force in our lives. So it's so interesting that we're all selling it to each other, but it's this limiting factor. And and the most interesting thing, too, is that it's limiting us, and then we don't get the certainty anyhow. Even if you, you know, just because you decide, oh, soccer is a good path, it doesn't mean that your child's going to succeed at it. And just because you think that job was secure, it doesn't mean you're not going to get fired. So that's the funny thing, too. We pick limiting choices, and then we end up facing uncertainty no matter what we do. Well, and, you know, to kind of go on like a little, um, a little further on this, you know, you wrote a line in here that's my favorite. I've used it like three times already. It's like when we acknowledge that there is more than one way a situation can unfold and that some of these ways might be positive, negative thoughts, like no one can control us, blah, 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 blah. But the point being is, I think of all these meetings I've sat in, like brainstorm meetings. And, you know, and I work a lot with different coaches and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a life coach meeting. and We're going to brainstorm, you know, and it's like, what about just using the word maybe? Like maybe this could happen. Maybe that could happen. Maybe if I do this, this might happen. Like maybe, 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 maybe. Well, it's the opening. You know, I call it hope without attachment. It's the maybe is the opening. It's the opening to more things that are possible. Because if you're going to work every day and you're always looking for the known, you're going to keep picking the the same stuff every day. You you know, it's going to look a little different, but the maybe is the place where you allow yourself to explore something new. And it's interesting that... um, this was my own private little philosophy. I mean, as I start the book, I was addicted to certainty. If I didn't know what was going to happen next in our life, my life, I projected things were going to be bad or they weren't going to work out. And when I found this idea of maybe, it was so liberating for me because I, if I didn't have enough work, I was like, I'm never going to get clients. I'm never going to make enough money. Things are never going to change. And with this idea of maybe, when I, when I found it and when it, it just liberated me because I realized, look, maybe I will and maybe what's happening to me right now is okay, and maybe things will change. And this was my private philosophy. I was not planning it on sharing it with anybody. And it was doing the 08 crash that my clients were coming to me, and they were despondent. They, 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 you know, that's when the, the market crashed, and their, their sales were down, and the markets, the banks weren't lending, and nobody was able to kind of get their footing in, and to go back to the way it was before. And I was on the phone with one client who had this beautiful store in um, Chelsea in Manhattan, and he just couldn't get a hold of himself. And I, and I just kept trying to help him with his marketing and his finance. Nothing worked. And then I told him the story of the farmer, which is okay. I'd like to share it. And the story goes like this. There was a farmer, and he had a horse, and his horse ran away. And his neighbor came by and said, you have the worst luck. And the farmer said, maybe. And the next day, the farmer's horse came back with five mares. And the neighbor comes by and says, you have the best luck. And the farmer says, maybe. And the next day, the farmer's horse, the farmer's son is on the horse, falls off and breaks his leg. The neighbor comes by and says, you have the worst luck. And the farmer says, maybe. But the next day, the army comes to take his son to war, and they can't take him because his leg is broken. The neighbor comes by and says to the farmer, you you have the best luck. And the farmer said, maybe. So that was the story that changed things for me. I shared it with this client. And all of a sudden, he went from nothing's ever going to change I can't do business the way it was before, to this open space where we're like, well, maybe, maybe things can be different. Maybe I can get through this. Maybe just because I don't know the answer, everything is still okay. So it was that little word that took all these clients from this place where they were like, game over, I am doomed, to maybe I'm not. And it sounds like this simple little word, but it takes you from this really cramped, fearful place in your head where you believe life can never be different to access something so much more. 
Because we think uncertainty is our enemy, but it's really our friend because if you want your life to change, it has to happen in the unknown. If you want to create something new at work, it has to happen in the unknown. Everything in your life you want to change, every opportunity you want, there's uncertainty in it. So what I find is maybe is this dialogue we could have with ourselves to allow ourselves to dance in the unknown and really have a much more expansive life. You know, I'm going to take us to commercial break. We're visiting today with Allison Carmen. Her book is called The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Times. You can find it on Amazon. Um, you can find it wherever books are sold. It's in self-help and inspiration. When we come back from the break, we're going to find a little bit more about Allison Carmen and how she came to be this stressed out attorney and then became a coach and a business consultant, which I think is really cool. And she gets to live her dream. And we like to think here that success leaves clues. And we're going to find out what clues she's going to give us to her success when we come back after the break. Lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and this is Powered Up Talk Radio and Linda Franklin indeed does have the day off. 
We are visiting today with Allison Carmen, and she wrote a book called The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Times. And like for me, I think it's a great gift book. It's a great, it's got some great simple messages in here. And it's been a really good book for me to read because I can tend to be an anxiety junkie. But I think it's also a great gift to give to new parents. um, Because when we talk about the word maybe, we really get to, um, we really get to understand how our our own thoughts can be some of our own worst enemies. Um, but before we talk a little bit more about the gift of maybe, I want to know how do you go from being a stressed out attorney to a published author and a business consultant? Like those two seem really incongruous to me to kind of wrap my mind around. And, you know, coming from a stressed out business person to a radio show host, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. But I'm always interested in people's stories. What's the story behind your book? Well, uh, like I said before, I was addicted to certainty, and if I didn't know what was going to happen next, I projected things were going to be bad or they weren't going to work out, and I spent most of my childhood like this, always worrying and projecting, and I think a lot of us, you know, as we spoke about before, uncertainty scares us, and we do everything in our power to avoid it, and the biggest thing we do to avoid is we write stories about what needs to happen for us to be okay. Someone could write the story, I'm going to have this job until I retire. I'm going to have this amount of money in the bank when I'm 50, or my child's going to go to this college and everything is going to be great. And the stories make us feel safe and secure. And then life has the unexpected. We could lose our job. We cannot have that money. Our child doesn't get into the college. And then we have no choice but to face the unknown. And then we, we worry and we stress that life's not working out. And that's when things really, we lose control of a lot of stuff. So for me, I was always writing these stories. And when, then when the unexpected happened, I couldn't handle it. And the biggest story I was writing most of my life was I was going to become an attorney. I was going to get a job at a really large law firm. I was going to make a ton of money. And the balloons were going to come down. And life was going to be certain. I was going to be set. So I felt that when I reached that goal, I wouldn't have the anxiety anymore because I knew what was going to happen. So I, you know, I did. I went to law school. I got the job at the big law firm. And I actually remember walking to work my first day thinking, wow, I've arrived. And then the second day of work, of course, my office mate comes in and says, hey, Allison, did you hear they're firing half the first years? And I was a first year. So all of a sudden, that story came crashing down. And I, my projections of worry and fear just got worse and worse. I, where was I going to lose this job? Was there going to be another terrorist attack in New York City? Would my husband leave me? And that's when my addiction just really grew. And I stopped sleeping, and my immune system became compromised. And I just tried to do anything to alleviate this this fear that I had. And one day I heard that story that I that I spoke about before the break about the farmer. And when I heard that story about maybe, I actually felt this pop in my chest because all of a sudden I realized that I wasn't doing that my life had hope no matter what was in front of me in this moment my life had maybe no matter what it was and you know people go through difficult times even they have maybe because sometimes maybe it's just what does this moment offer me is there something more I can get out of this moment maybe there is so with this new philosophy I just started to deal with life differently and I went on my own I was practicing law and then I actually became a business consultant because I had an accounting degree and my law degree And like I said before the break, I was really not going to share this philosophy with anybody. But then during the 08 crash, I really didn't know how to help my clients. And then we started, I started to share with them this idea of maybe, and I started to see that it wasn't their lack of clients. It wasn't always the fact they couldn't get a loan. It was their inability inability to deal with the unknown that was really shutting them down, that wasn't allowing them to seize all the opportunities out there for them. And so I kind of went from 
you know, I still, you know, practice all a little bit, but I went into the consulting. And then because of maybe I started to do more coaching. And then this whole thing kind of just really took off. But it was from my own anxiety and then my clients' needs that really transformed my practice into what it is today. Well, and I find, you know, I, I before I did what I do now, I worked with Disney and CBS, and I used to watch the brainstorming meetings of the group, and they would always say, like, what if, or maybe they do this, maybe they do that, what if, maybe, and I would watch them, you know, in the formation of an episode or, a, you know, a, a script for an episode. Um, it was very interesting how they explored so many uh, ideas and opportunities and not like people didn't squash them, you know, like the one thing right. I'll say with the maybe um, is that I needed to, in my own, you know, kind of instruction in how to use maybe in my life, I had to make sure I didn't kill the maybe ideas before they had a chance to grow a little bit. Right. Because it could be threatening. It could be threatening because ultimately we're all worried we're not okay. So that's why we have this addicted to certainty because we're like, oh, if this happens, I know I'll be solid. If this happens, I know that I'll be able to afford my house. My kids will go to college. But we all know that life has the unexpected. So what are we going to do about it? And there are some people that have faith. They just know everything's going to be okay. They don't need maybe they don't need any, anything. But the rest of us who get scared at the unknown, maybe is this beautiful bridge. It allows us to hang out and think of new ideas, create new things in our lives, really pursue our dreams, allow us to do the things we really want to do. Because again, you know, when you're in maybe the fear kind of just quiets down a little bit. It's not that it'll take all your fear away, but again, you recognize that maybe you are okay. And that's one of the biggest things people do. They go from this fear like it's not working out to like, well, maybe it is, or maybe it'll change, or maybe it'll get better. And it opens you up again and again and again to hold a wider perspective. And when you hold that wider perspective, you're automatically going to be more creative. Well, from an energetic standpoint, you know, you can just feel like hope and, you know, opportunity just by saying the word maybe. Like if you just check your your head check, heart check, gut check, like state check that I, I teach my kids to do and I do, you know, the word maybe gives us an opportunity, maybe gives us something you already feel uplifted versus staying stuck where you are um, right. and no opportunity. It I think it totally changes your vibration as well. Right, and you don't have the attachment. See, the thing is, is like the Buddha said, all desire leads to attachment, all attachment leads to suffering. But with maybe, you're not really attached because you're saying, yeah, you're hopeful, right? You're hopeful that it's going to work out, but you're okay. It doesn't have to work out exactly as planned because you realize that there's so many different ways your life can manifest in a beautiful direction. So again, like the fact that the attachment's not there, we're going to suffer less. And for me, when I have a day where there's less suffering and there's more joy to me, everything is going in the right direction. Well, and it's important. So much of it, you know, like I think with new parents, um, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are becoming first time parents now. And it's so funny because I think back to my own anxiety levels and it's like, yeah. you know, you, I look at like, you know, the amnio, oh my gosh, you know, does he have one head or two? And, you know, what do the ultrasounds show? And like, you're right. And what's interesting is like, find a parent who's not attached to their kid. That's why parenting is, out of all the places maybe has helped me, it's helped me with parenting because we're attached. So that means on some level we're going to suffer. But if you really look at, you really focus in on your relationship with your children, a lot of it is not, you're not suffering only because you're attached. You're suffering because you can't handle the unknown. 
Because everything that happens to your child, you project, my child's being bullied, you project what her future is going to look like. My child got a 70, you project how they're going to go to college. My child didn't get into that college, how they're going to be successful in life. So what's happening is that we're watching what's happening with our children in the moment, and we're so worried that this moment's going to lead to something bad because we can't know. So the uncertainty kind of really eats us up as parents. And with maybe, it's such a beautiful tool to look at your child in the moment and say just because they're not doing well in math, maybe it's okay. Maybe I need to get them a tutor. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe they're never going to, you know, math is not going to be something they need when they get older. Maybe something else will happen. Maybe I could just come back to the moment and enjoy things as they are now. So what maybe has done for me as a parent, it has allowed me to let go again and again in this pain of projecting what today means for my child's future. And I've been able to enjoy parenting more. And what's interesting, too, I've been able to be more positive because I don't feel my child's doomed when something happens. So maybe it's one of the most sacred tools, I think, for parenting. Well, I think it's really important um, because people don't bring their baby home from the hospital and go, maybe they'll grow up fine. Like, maybe right, they'll exactly. be okay. <laughs> right, maybe. And that's my favorite thing. Maybe everything will be okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's interesting also, the, the, my favorite exercise in the book is in Chapter 1. And it actually came to me one night. I had already written the book. It was already in draft form. And my daughter was having stomach problems. And I didn't think much of it. She had... Um, she was at camp, and she came home with all the, the, you know, these issues, and I took her to the doctor. And I thought maybe he was going to say, oh, you know, she needs an acidophilus or something. And he said, okay, we're going to take all these tests. Maybe she has celiac disease. Now, I know that a lot of people live with celiacs. I, was, I lost my mind. I lost my mind because I didn't expect it, and I didn't want her to have it. So we went, and he said, we're going to take this test, and it'll take seven days. So all of a sudden, I go home that night, that day, and that night I can't sleep. I'm freaking out. My husband's sleeping like a baby because he's not addicted to certainty. And I was like, I can't handle this. I can't handle not knowing. And, of course, not knowing made me think things are bad. If she has it, her life's going to be bad. Uh, you know, so I went on and on, and that night I just wrote down my biggest fear. I said, I'm afraid if my daughter has celiac disease, she's going to have a horrible life. She's always going to be sick. Things are not going to work out. And then I asked myself, Allison, are you absolutely 100% certain that thought's true? I said, no, I don't know that thought's true. And then I started writing maybe statements down. And I wrote maybe statements down 20 minutes. Maybe she doesn't have celiacs. Maybe she has it and things will be okay. Maybe she has something else. Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe I went on again. I, I just 20 minutes writing maybe statements. But after those 20 minutes, all of a sudden I felt that pop in my chest because I realized I was projecting the worst possible outcome. And maybe there was something else, or maybe we would learn something, and I felt free. And we had a beautiful seven days. I changed her diet a little bit, and I realized no matter what happened, there was maybe. There was possibility. It wasn't the end of the road. That's what happens with our children. We go from, like, point A to the end of the road. Things are never going to be okay. And that was very powerful for me. It ended up she didn't have it. She was lactose intolerant. But the experience made me see what happens when we decide to live in maybe, we have a, a much more open, much more liberating experience being a parent. And it's really amazing. And I really, that chapter, that exercise in chapter one, I really would say, everyone, give it a try, especially if you're a parent, because, you know, you go through a lot of tough times with kids sometimes. Absolutely. I'm going to take us to commercial break. The book of the hour is The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Possibility on Uncertain Terms. Now, the author 
is Allison Carmen, and that's spelled A-L-L-I-S-O-N. Carmen is C-A-R-M-E-N. So you want to get a copy of this. It's in the self-help inspiration section of um, most bookstores along with Amazon. That's where I got my copy. And like I said, it's a very, very pretty book. It's very practical. It's easy to read, and it's not something that will stress you out, which I think is intentional, but I found very funny. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little more with Allison about reinventing ourselves and reinventing the way we think. We'll be back again after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and Linda Franklin has the day off, and we are talking about a book today called The Gift of Maybe. For those of you that missed the first half of today's show, you can find us at toginet.com. That's Toginet Radio. You can find us at Powered Up Talk Radio, which is our show site, and you can also find us on iTunes under Powered Up Talk Radio. One of the things that we do on this show is we emphasize seconds, second career, second chance at love, second 
chance at a family, all these second chances. And we get second, third, and fourth chances. But today we're talking about seconds. And I want to give us a second chance to reinvent the way we think. I know I walked this earth for the first 40 years thinking things very differently. And then when my mom passed and I got a divorce and I started my own company, I found that some of the thinking, the stinking thinking, if you want to call it that, wasn't serving me anymore. And one of the things that wasn't serving me was the concept of 99% of the things you worry about, Sandra, never happen. And I have replaced that statement with maybe. Maybe this will all work out for the best. Maybe this will be okay. Maybe this could lead to better things. And the power of, as Alison Carmen put it, the gift of maybe, I'm going to say the power of maybe allows us to change our thoughts. But we really mm-hmm. actually have to make an active effort. It's not just going to be one awareness and done. You really have to practice this. And Allison, let's talk about how do we change sometimes 40 years of pattern thinking. Well, you know, it's interesting. I remember when I first wanted to change my thoughts, I read The uh, the Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And I love the book. And I'm like, I'm going to be a positive thinker. And whenever a negative thought comes into my head, I'm just going to change that thought. I remember the first day I tried it and I have a negative thought. I'm like, no, no, Allison, you have to be positive. Stop that. Positive thought, positive thought. I did it all day long. And that night I went to sleep and I had a nightmare that my father died, my mother died, my father-in-law died, my mother-in-law died. I woke up fell asleep a half hour later and had the same dream. And I realized that what happened is all day long, I was just wanted to be positive, but I had this negative, these negative thoughts. That was my pattern. And all I was doing was suppressing. And I think as much as we want to change our thoughts, we have to go through a process. We have to allow ourselves, of course, to feel what we're going to feel. And I don't think we could just wake up one day and say, I'm never going to be negative again. And, and that's what's so beautiful about this idea of maybe, because it doesn't demand things of you. It allows you, if you're sad, it allows you to be sad. If you're angry, it allows you to be angry. If you're negative, it allows you even to be negative, but then it asks you, maybe there's another way. Maybe there's something else here. Maybe I could sit back and just relax. Maybe everything is not, maybe I'm not doomed. Maybe everything is still okay. And again, it sounds so simple, but it takes you from this very linear, fearful place where you're allowing your mind to contemplate, just contemplate, another possibility. So it really, you know, it, it cre- you have to create an awareness first to say, okay, listen, I'm, I'm telling this negative story. I'm not really being open to something new. I'm feeling really stressed and anxious. So you have this awareness, and then you allow the maybe to come in. And I can almost guarantee that if you, you practice it, if you do the exercise I described before the break, if you allow yourself to engage in this maybe concept, you're going to keep opening up. And even if it's just a little, even if you go from one thought to two possibilities. Well, you know something? You're going to feel a little lighter and better if you believe that you're not doomed and there's just one other way life can work out. And I also find, so, you know, people could do exercises. You have to create awareness. But you also can choose every day to do things differently, even if you choose just to walk a different way to work or you choose to have um, to eat at a different restaurant. You choose just to say, maybe I could do something different today. Life will start to change, and you'll start to see how you were just every day, you wanted it to be different, but you weren't allowing it to be different. And maybe it's a simple tool that allows you to contemplate something new. Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the things with 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 maybe is that 
it gives us the opportunity to do things differently in a very, very safe manner. You know, maybe right. doesn't commit to anything. Maybe doesn't, you know, it's not an absolute. It's not a prediction. It just says, okay, let's test the waters here a little bit. Maybe if we do this, you know, things will be okay. So if you're averse to... Um, you know, lots of change, um, I think right. maybe can be really powerful. Oh, do we have Linda on the phone? Has Linda joined us? Do we have Linda Franklin? You do. Oh, yay! yay. <laughs> Allison, I have to tell you. You blindsided me, girl. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had I had quite a day. but Yes, I'm, I know. So happy. Um, the best, some of the best times in my entire life are on the on the air with Linda. Um, it's just you, you. It's like you're able to have your best friend and be recorded. So someday when I'm old and not doing this anymore, I'm going to listen to all our recordings. But um, Allison Carmen, this is my wonderful co-host Linda Franklin, and we are talking about maybe. And Linda, I know you have a lot to talk about this because you have like rocked my world with helping me think myself into a better future. Yeah, and I and I've I've read most of the book. I did get it last week, so yeah, I was excited about it. I really kind of, I liked it a lot. I mean, it's just full of all the possibilities, and I love the analogy about you know looking at the door, and and then looking, you know, beyond the door at all of the open space beyond the door. So yeah, I mean, it makes it very very easy for people to understand it. Now, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm sorry, Sandra. You, you oh, could... no, go ahead. Go ahead, Allison. No, just saying that we don't even realize when we are limiting ourselves. And that was what was so interesting. Um, when Linda just referred to the door, it was actually I was watching this movie Madagascar with my children, and there was a scene uh, where this lion was thrown out of the jungle, and the animators made this door, and he's pounding on this door trying to get back in because that's how he was thrown out. And he never bothered to look that there was open space all around him. And I think that what happens to us a lot, that when something unexpected happens, all we do is try to make it, you know, make life the way it was before. I need to get that job back. I need to get my child into that college even though they were rejected. I need to have that amount of money in the bank because it makes me feel secure. We just keep pounding on the door. We never realize, wait a second, there are other possibilities out there. We, life doesn't have to be the way it was yesterday for us to be okay. And that's what maybe does. It allows us to let go of the past. It allows us to let go of how things were yesterday or, or a moment before. and allows us to say, okay, well, maybe I could do something different. And like we said before, like Sandra said, it's soft and it's gentle. But at the same time, it's always reminding us that there are more possibilities and maybe, we're still, and maybe everything is still going to be okay. And that's very soothing and supportive when you're going through change. Well, and I just want to chime in here. We don't all become warriors. Some of us are born warriors. I have one of my kids, uh, Max, who I swear, like at three years old, he was afraid the wheel was going to fall off his stroller. I mean, this kid could find anything uh, to worry about. So there's some of us that come into this life already predisposed to kind of control everything. And, and you know, my son was talking about this process he goes through he said he likes to think of the worst case scenario so he can be prepared right and i'm like 
wow, you're just going to be goalie today in the town soccer team. Um, But that's his mindset. And I think talking about how we think and how we think about things, Linda, you've talked a lot about changing mindsets with certain things. Like we've talked a lot about not pushing against the universe and maybe allows us to maybe push against the universe, but maybe not. Well, I I think so. I mean, when you're when you're in panic mode and when you know everything seems to be going wrong and you just don't know where to turn next, I mean, that's a terrible time to make a a big decision because we're ultimately going to make the wrong decision. So if we can just, you know, kind of train ourselves to lay back or to like now I go meditate. I mean, just try to clear the air because um nothing is as bad as it seems at the time that you might make that bad decision. And that's, that's, I think that applies to most people. Right. And the reason we can't lay back is because we're so afraid we're not okay. If I lay back, then things are going to get worse. If I lay back, how are things going to change? This is the worst thing that could possibly have happened to me. We have this horrible dialogue going on the minute uncertainty hits us in a way that we're uncomfortable. And that's like, for me, maybe it was so soothing because it, it gave me this like little platform to stand on to lay back a little bit to say, okay, maybe I could take a pause and that'll be okay. Maybe there's something I can't see in this moment. So what it did, it allowed me to kind of open uncertainty uh, with a little more light. And, and so I think laying back with less fear is where maybe is really going to help people a lot. Well, well you so know what? I don't have the prompt, so I'm sorry if I'm talking over you. Maybe we'll get it. It's okay we don't have the prompts. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, but I mean, but then you look at the real innovators um, that you, you know, that you see, you know, the the Zuckerbergs and and the Steve Jobs and and all of these young kids um, that are coming up and, and coming up with these brand new things and becoming millionaires and billionaires almost overnight it's like i don't know if they i don't think they think like that because if it doesn't go this way then they're just going to go that way or if it doesn't go that way you know they'll circle back and come out the other way um and and so the the possibilities for them the possibilities of maybe are so open and exciting and wild that you know they they just go and do it and and look what happens i mean they're i think they're great examples for us and they might not even be thinking about the word. Like I said, there are some people who have faith, who are just, they know things will work out. And there are some people who just live in this expansive universe who are just okay. And they're always going to be looking for, they're not afraid of the unknown. They kind of dance with it. And for those of us who are afraid, maybe it could take us to the same place as the Zuckerbergs and everybody else. Because it's going to allow us to dance in that open place. Because it allows you to peek at uncertainty and know just because you don't know. You're not doomed. And just because you don't know, good things can still happen. And all of a sudden, you have a little more courage to take a step into that uncertain place, whether you're trying to start a second career or start a new family or whatever you're going to do, just to know that there are more possibilities that you could see in the moment is a game changer. It's a new perspective. And I think it puts you on a playing field with some of the greatest thinkers of our time. I'm going to take us to commercial break. I think I've got two of the great 
leftist thinkers of our time right here on the air with me, Alison Carmen, the gift of maybe finding hope and possibility in uncertain terms. And I'll try not to go because I do that when Linda comes on. Linda Franklin, my co-host, this is Powered Up Talk Radio. You can find more episodes like this on iTunes. Just simply go to poweredup.talkradio.com. You can also check us out on toginet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to enact the gift of maybe in everyday life. There's an elevator exercise in this book. I'm not going to tip off or give you a spoiler, but there's things that we can do to implement maybe in every aspect of our life, whether we're raising kids, dogs, we're working for a company, or we're one of the greatest technical minds in history coming up with the best technical product to be released in 2016, which incidentally is our show. We'll be back again after the break. Lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelov Live. The show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Toginet Radio Network. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Linda Franklin. We both got copies of this book, The Gift of Maybe, by Allison Carmen. And Linda, earlier on in the show, I talked about how I brought the book to my yoga class and asked about the word maybe. You read The Gift of Maybe. What did you think? No, I, I I get I just liked it a lot because it it's a it's a simple it's a simple concept and yet it's very hard for most people, including including myself, to go to that place and look at the world of possibilities. But I want to ask Allison a question now. I think the worst place for people to be, and I can only talk from my own experience, is on the fence, not knowing, am I going to do this or I'm going to do that, because you sit on the fence and you worry and worry. How, can, how does maybe get us off the fence but not actually 
making a decision. Well, you know, it's so interesting. Sometimes people say to me, well, maybe it's so wishy-washy, but it's not. I mean, for someone who's not on the fence, what would, would people, they would set a goal and maybe it would be so great because you'd be able to deal with the twists and turns of everything that happened while you were pursuing that goal. Because you realize when things doesn't go exactly as you want, maybe it'll go a different way and I could still get to that thing that I want to achieve in life. But when people are on the fence, what, what often happens is there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear because, first of all, they're uncomfortable with being on the fence. Sometimes we can't know in a moment. Sometimes you're on the fence, you don't have an answer because at this time there is no answer. And you got to sit there. And like we said before, you got to wait. And so maybe it kind of gives you the courage to sit back and wait because it kind of calms the fear down. It kind of allows you to say, okay, I don't know the answer right now, but maybe that's okay. Maybe something else will happen. And other times people are on the fence because they have two decisions in front of them, and they can't make them. And, you know, in the book, I'd say, you know, there are visualizations. There are ways that we could allow our mind to contemplate two choices without fear. And I think maybe helps us do that uh, through visualizations and different exercises that you could do to get to the right place and get off the fence. But being on the fence sometimes is not such a bad place. I think we, we say it is because we want everybody to know in life, but sometimes not knowing is really the path to the answer. But I, I, from the way you're explaining it, I think a maybe is, is a much better way than being on the fence because as you said, when you're on the, when you're on the fence, you're, you're kind of in fear. I know if you're going to make the right decision or you're not going to make the right decision and you, you really beat yourself up and it's so stressful, but maybe isn't stressful. So, I mean, that's a wonderful alternative to sitting there and beating yourself up and being stressed just to go to maybe let's see what happens. Right, because you alleviate the fear that you're doomed. You alleviate the fear that you're not okay. You alleviate the fear that if I make this decision, it's game over. And that's what's interesting, too. I think sometimes people forget that even after you make the decision, there's going to be more possibilities after that, even if it didn't go the way you had planned. I think that we just, we forget that. We're only willing to look so far ahead and feel like, and be negative about it. And we forget that even in a situation we're going to perceive as negative, after that event happens, life has maybe again. There's always an opening again and again and again. And I think maybe if you always hold it in your pocket, you'll always remember that piece. Sandra, are you there? Oh, I thought I thought there was a break. Um, okay. I, I I couldn't hear. Okay, I was okay. Just and being about, on the and, and being on the fence, I think we were looking at it differently. I, you know, for me, being on the fence is like I don't know the answer right now, and uh, and that's okay. It's okay not to know. And I think in the beginning of the show, we talked about that. I believe that no, that needing to know is where all the pain is because we think we know. And we think we know, and that's when we start projecting all the fear. I know this is not going to work out. I know that I'll never have another job. I know that I'm not going to be in another relationship. We don't know. And so not not knowing actually alleviates the pain because that's what allows the possibilities. So not knowing in many circumstances is really what liberates us. And I think maybe is this great pathway from going from knowing and all the pain and all the negativity and all the projections to not knowing and being liberated to know that in not knowing, my life is filled with possibilities. Yeah, and I think, it, you know, the not knowing and beating ourselves up in the fear is that ego talking. You know, you should know better, and, and, and it's that ego right. thing that drives you crazy all the time. 
So, you know, we this show is kind of, we go into a lot of spiritual um, areas. And, you know, for me now, I mean, after my career on Wall Street and, and doing the things that I've done, I, I don't beat myself up so much anymore. And because I believe if it's, if I do, if I do what I need to do, then if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. Right. And, and there are other possibilities, um, but I don't run around like a chicken without its head anymore because I've learned that that isn't the answer. But you've cultivated some faith. That sounds like you have cultivated because you've hung out in the unknown long enough that you see the ebb and flow of life. And yet there are some people who can't bear it. And that's what I love about maybe it takes people who can't bear it to that place that you're hanging out in right now and allows them to at least experience it. And this was the most surprising thing about the book, that I've had clients who have been practicing maybe for four or five years, and they actually have faith. They have faith now, not in every area of their life, but allowing themselves to have the experiences like you're willing to have right now and hang out in the unknown and say, wow, I hung out in the unknown and look what I manifested. Look what happened. People go from maybe to real faith. And that's the, th- that's the thing I didn't realize, that practicing maybe would lead you to a life of more faith and uh, uh, more being just automatically comfortable with uncertainty. I thought you use the tool forever but you don't need it forever because you start to see how life flows and then you're less scared because you you always know maybe you're okay. Or maybe you start to believe you are okay no matter what. I guess that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, well, isn't that the greatest gift you can give yourself to you? no matter what the what the world is going to throw at you? And, and yeah. believe me, it's going to. And to think it's right. not is, is you're living in la-la land. But knowing right. that whatever it is, you're going to be okay. Right. And I think maybe as a tool that if you use it long enough, you can get to that place. Well, I think it's like a gear on a car. You know, I listened to you guys talk about this. And for someone who was raised with faith, like, I don't know what it's like to not have faith to lean on. But when I came across your book, Allison, it reminded me of another like gear and a gear shift, you know, in a car, like, you know, you can go from yes to no to I don't know, to maybe to, you know, it's it just gives you another little tool uh, to use from which is why I'm going to have Max as part of his summer reading read your book. And he's 12. I think, you know, any any kid can benefit from this kind of tool. Yeah, I, I find with children it is it is very liberating, especially now because there's so, there's social media. There they know what's going on all the time. And as a parent, you can't turn around to your child and say, "Oh, things are never going to get better." But at the same time, you can't turn around to them and say, um, "If you don't say things are going to get better, you, you you could say, oh, things are going to be great,' and you're never going to have a problem." Maybe what maybe allows your kids to do is it allows them to see life how is it it is today, but have hope. Because things can change, and things can get better. And maybe as a constant reminder of that, we might not have all the answers, but maybe things will change. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe everything is still okay. So for kids, they love maybe because it gives them hope. And and we want kids to have hope because they're the ones that are going to make the world a better place as they get older. And we don't want them to shut down and be afraid and run away from uncertainty. We want them to engage in the unknown and find better ways that we could all live in a more happy, peaceful world. Well, this whole generation, like I look at Max's generation and Zach's generation, all they've seen is we're in wartime, you know, the economy is bad, people losing their homes, you know, financial ruin. You know, they've really been born into a lot of uncertainty that's just there in all the media, plus uncertainty sells um, fear and uncertainty sells magazines and books and whatever. But it's interesting to go, wow, we can teach this and give them another opportunity to maybe have a better life 
Right, because they could start to see the unknown as not their enemy. And if they start to see it as their friend, if they start to look at what they don't know and say that's where the answer is, and I'm going to go in that direction, and I'm going to stay hopeful, and I'm going to stay expansive, those are the Zuckerbergs. Those are the people that are going to be in these creative, open places where the solutions to so many things in, in life and, and in this earth exist. So, yes, I think that if we could bring up our children as maybe thinkers, I think the world has there's a lot of hope there for all of us. Linda, what would you say was your favorite part of the book? Like, I know mine was the, the, like the thing you can do in the elevator. I just changed it to what you can do on the freeway because we don't really do a lot of elevators out here in L.A. <laughs> you know, I haven't finished it, but, I, you, know, I, I, you know, from what I've read so far, and, you know, and I, um, I wish I had the book in front of me. It's actually in my go bag for the weekend because I <laughs> took it to Connecticut with me. Um, I'm just, you know, just trying to recall. The thing I, I guess I remember because I said it before was, was the door. You know, that, you know, we're so blindsided by what's right in front of us that we don't see what's on either side. And there's vast expanse of, of, of ideas and, and possibilities. So I think, you know, to, to date, that is my favorite, but I've not finished yet. I like that a lot. I like that too. Hey, Allison, if people could take away one thing from your book, like, you know, one thing leave behind or one thing that they could share with their friends or their family or their kids, what would the one thing be that you would tell them? Well, again, it sounds like such a simple concept. We're just saying this one little word, maybe. But it takes you from this little cramped place in your mind where you're filled with fear and you believe that life can't be different. And it takes you to this expansive place where you start to know and understand that there are new chances, there are new opportunities, there are new possibilities, that maybe your life can be different. And it's very liberating. And, again, that um, the exercise uh, in the first chapter, I think people just start to – to think about your maybe mantras, and I and I have to, I can almost guarantee that with a maybe mantra, you're going to open up a little bit, and life's going to change, and most of all, we're going to suffer less. And for me, that was the most attractive thing. I couldn't take the suffering, the pain, and the fear of thinking I was always doomed, and things were going to be bad, and they weren't going to work out. And now, living in maybe is this open place where there's more joy, less suffering more creativity, more opportunity. And I really hope that your listeners give it a try because I really think, again, simple concept, but really profound result. The book that we're talking about today is The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Uncertainty. Oh, sorry, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Times. Linda, when you got the book, and I know we've only got a minute to, to break, um, but I love the word that maybe there is another way. And I think that you and I have to incorporate that into our like conversations when we talk about everything. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, maybe. Because, <laughs> again, maybe is possibility to me. You know, that's, if I'm going to think maybe, then it's possibility. Um, you know, our big word from last year was oneness. Cause, and I, I even have a bracelet now with a little heart on it, and the heart says oneness. But I was actually thinking of, of putting another little link on that bracelet with a maybe, because you have to you know, constantly remind yourself until it becomes just part of the way your head goes immediately. 
The Gift of Maybe, Allison Carmen, Pick Up a Copy, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Times. I'm a big fan. Linda's a big fan. I know you will not be disappointed. And this is a great gift for anybody who is going through a change, either a career change, a divorce, a marriage, or adopting a baby or having a baby. It's a great book in the face of change. We'll be back again next week. And Allison Carmen, The Gift of Maybe, thanks for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prom-